0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he lifts the pilot. What it going? This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike.
1: Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Dury on Pulse95 Radio. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or if you're chilling at home watching us live, On YouTube, coming up on the show today, Ellie Robinson, man, multi-medal winning British swimmer, world record breaker, 50 meters and 100 meters butterfly, gold and bronze medalist at Rio 2016 and Commonwealth Gold in 2018. An athlete that I got a chance to meet at the Sharjah Reading Festival, and today she's going to be on Pulse 95 Radio on the halftime show. I had to have her on the show. She's in the UK at the moment, but she is fantastic. So make sure you don't go anywhere and stay tuned on the only place to be at three. The halftime show on Pulse 95.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. Oh, on Pulse 95. Oh, he left the party and fuck the goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh! Better than nice! Wonderful!
1: Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio in the heart of Sharjah. And as I told you in the intro, I was super excited to have this next guest on. Ellie Robinson, Ellie, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: We met in Sharjah uh, Reading Festival. I got a chance to be a moderator at a panel. You were fantastic. Um, and I'm so happy you got a chance to come on the show. There's so much to talk about here. Let's dive into the athlete first. How... How has that influenced how you are as a person today?
2: It's interesting. The more I think about it, the more I realise. Because obviously being an athlete, you don't realise it when you're in it. But now I've been retired for about two years or so, I start to see it more. So one is definitely the discipline. Um, You get so used to living quite a regimented life. Training being quite structured. Everything you do has an order to it. And I found, like, being a uni student, it's been so helpful with assignments. You know, people look at me as this really, like, uber-focused, really organised person. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's not me. As you can see, I was, I was late today, and I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> that's when the athlete that's when the athlete mentality slipped. Because I finished uni um, about maybe a, two weeks ago. Okay. So, exactly. As soon as, like, the mentality switches off, like all of me just goes and relax
1: <laughs> i like that i like that no no yeah, and i wasn't gonna tell things. anyone i wasn't gonna tell anyone you were late but you just told everyone on national radio <laughs>
2: <laughs> i was gonna say it's all right i'll own up to my mistakes that's <laughs> it's a true athlete
1: i love it i love yeah, it
2: all or um, nothing that's the <laughs> athlete mentality
1: <laughs> um obviously i've been you know breaking world records getting gold uh, medals do you sometimes feel that you have to pinch yourself to realise how much you've done in, was it seven years, you said?
2: Yeah, I think so. But it's, it's absolutely right, because I think when I was an athlete, you're always looking at what's next. And I think very rarely do you take time to reflect. Um, I think particularly for myself, even more, I was so focused on outcomes because I, I wasn't a huge fan of training, um, to put it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love the competition. So for me, it was all about, you know, where's the next adrenaline rush coming from? Like, when's the next real chance to like, sink, sink my teeth into competition? So I didn't really used to reflect that much. It was always, how can I improve? How can I better myself? And again, since retiring, it's allowed me to reflect and quite fondly as well on just swimming in general like the life as an athlete is like I said I didn't love training much and it kind of consumed me a little bit but now that I'm now that I've stepped away from it I can see the positives as well so yeah it's allowed me to reflect in quite a sentimental way
1: Mm. what was it about training that you were dreading
2: it's hard no (laughs) it sounds it sounds so bad but I had a bit of a fear of failure and particularly when I came back from Rio because I'd achieved and I was really scared to lose what I'd accomplished if that makes sense and I put pressure on myself to maintain it and I think I got into the mentality of saying okay well if I don't try 100% and then I fail I failed not because I'm not good enough. It's because I didn't give a hundred percent. And it's obviously a really unhealthy mentality to have. Because naturally if you don't give a hundred percent, you won't fulfill your true potential and you will underperform. And yeah, it was eventually when I did kind of get beaten at world championships that all of that kind of broke. And I was like, oh, okay, no, oh, no, the worst has happened. I've come second. It was ridiculous. My priorities were so high kind of unhinged yeah it was it was ridiculous but then that kind of shattered that fear of failure so it was yeah I can't remember how I got onto that conversation it 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 ended in a nice way
1: well the, the thing is is like when you do achieve gold and bronze medals at Rio in 2016 and then you come back from that obviously hitting the gold is something But then you also set that expectation on yourself. And again, I'm speaking like I've known you for years. I I met you last week. (laughs) But having spoken to you and listened to your journey, I think like the athlete is always something people are going to be talking about. But the person, which is what I'm going to be jumping into on the next segment, is what I want to know a lot more on on how that person is nurtured to become the athlete rather than the athlete become the person. That makes sense? So we're gonna dive into that as soon as okay. I come back um, from the from the break. We'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you right after this.
0: This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri. Oh on Pulse 95. 95. Oh, he lifts the and What's the goal? This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strong
1: Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show. And remember, you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 UAE time. And if you do miss the episode, don't worry. All of our, our podcasts are available on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Or if you want to see this fantastic human being right here, you get to see her on YouTube, Pulse95 Radio. She's there available on the Pulse95 Radio Halftime Show episode with myself. And it is great. Ellie, welcome back to the show. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> Now, Ellie, we were were talking about the athlete before the break, but I want to dive into the person. Now, with all the things that you've achieved, a lot of people just kind of look at you as someone that is just a machine. And yeah, rightfully so, for everything that you have achieved, that is true. But what I'm interested in is diving into the person, Um, the mental fitness that you are required to have in order to gain a lot of the expectations that you set on yourself. see, I even took a breath saying it. Like I said, I've known you for 10 minutes. Um how much of it is mental and how much do you have to practice your mental fitness?
2: Um, yeah, for me, the competition was where I thrived. So I didn't really need much much training for like a high pressure scenario. Mm -hmm. Because that's where a lot of people do see a sports psychologist, is to help with like the now or never moment the pressure of like, okay, you have one shot. I used to love that. But where I used to get help from psychologists was the training side, because it's every single day you're expected to put in 100%. And I think what I failed to understand or what I misunderstood was you're expected to put in your best effort. You're supposed to be the best that you can be on that day. And I think I misread that. And I decided that I needed to be the best, not the best version of myself, but I needed to be performing, well, outperforming everybody else, every single day, all the time. And it was that pressure that was so overwhelming because I didn't allow myself to slip. And that was when I started to, I suppose, not try as hard as I should be, because I felt like I was in control. It wasn't, oh, I'm underperforming because I'm not good enough, it was, I'm underperforming because I'm choosing to. And it was the inability to, well, to control what other people were doing as well that was frightening because I achieved at quite a young age. I was, what, just turned 15 when I went to Rio. So naturally, everybody was starting to catch up as I got older. Mm. And when I came back from Rio as well, it was the year that I had like a little bit of a stagnation in my times. So I felt like I was slowing down. Everybody else was catching me up. And I wanted to be able to control something. So, yeah, that was where I had most of, kind of the help from psychologists and things like that.
1: How important is it to... Be able to to turn to psychologists openly as well, because there's, there seems to be a certain stigma, and it's it's ironic that it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week, but we talk about this a lot on the show anyway. And when you spoke about it, it kind of opened that door for me to ask it. How important is it to to be able to turn to psychologists and ex- express yourself?
2: I'm I don't know. I'm one of those people that can speak to psychologists quite easily. Mm.
0: Um,
2: I think if I see an issue, like I recognise a problem in the way that i was thinking and i wanted to get it solved and for me that was okay the only way that you're going to solve this issue and stop feeling the way that you are feeling is if you know you try as hard as you can in this like if i hold back we're not going to get any problems solved so it's it's the cooperation on both sides and it can be really hard particularly if it's something more than sport if there's something quite personal to what you're talking about because obviously it's not just athletes that speak to psychologists it's it's anybody so I do understand that there can be it can be quite difficult like at times you can even feel embarrassed And like I do I do completely understand that and I think what you have to remind yourself is that these people they're there to help and the more open and honest that you are I suppose the faster that you're going to get better or not even get better but just improve and kind of take steps forward
1: i get that i get that i like that the way you, you put it as well because there's no fog you can kind of see a clear vision of where you want to get to and i completely get about also notice in the way that you speak it's a comfort within yourself because you're able to express yourself so openly and you're able to to be quite clear about the challenges that you face and and again because you're an athlete or because you, you well no you are an athlete people say I was an athlete and I retired because I deal with athletes I know they're always going to be an athlete <laughs> so I change <laughs> my language when I talk to them but um is that also down to you being comfortable with your own skin
2: yeah I suppose so I think I'm definitely someone that uses words and articulation to try and understand myself more. So really, really simple things. Like we had an exam for uni and there was kind of a few of us revising. And I found that I better understood a topic when I tried to explain it to somebody else. Because through the process of trying to teach someone else what you're thinking, it clarifies everything in your head. And it's exactly the same process when you talk to a psychologist, you've got all these thoughts going on and very rarely do we actually take the time to either write them down or talk about them and i think they are two really useful strategies because it gives kind of structure and coherence and it's not just this overwhelming kind of sense of emotion going on in your head and you can actually start to almost look at it in third person and really start to structure it and break it down so it's not just one tangled kind of amalgamation of feelings so it's it's really
1: useful i think both talking and writing as well love that and perfect segue you've done this before we're going to be talking about (laughs) (laughs) we're going to be talking to annie robertson next about her being an author and a student um and how amazing that is to be able to do that which is amazing uh on pulse 95 radio don't go anywhere folks and and be right back after this break see you in a bit
0: Show with Omar Alduri. Oh, on oh. Pulse 95. 95. Oh, he loves the private! What's it go? This is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice stroke!
1: Salaam and welcome back to the Halftime Show on Pulse95 Radio with your host Omar Duri and just the gold medalist Ellie Robinson. She's here uh, on the show. Uh, Ellie, thank you very much for tuning in and, uh, and being with us today on the Halftime Show. I wanted to get you here since we met at the Sharjah Reading Festival, Children Reading Festival, and I thought, she's brilliant. But I also had to get approvals. <laughs> so thanks to my team. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, um, you you're an author at the moment now, and you're a student as well. Queen Mary, I think we were talking about when when I when I yeah, met you. That's right. Um, and uh, it, it was so funny. We've got to tell the audience this because when I met you and and you saw me in a kandura in Sharjah, I started talking to you, and you were just like, this guy <laughs> is talking like he knows London.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite cool actually because everybody that. I'd been around obviously they all speak Arabic and I feel so ignorant because I don't speak another language and it was just really funny when you walked in and you just started speaking with like a relatively London based accent and I was like hold on a minute (laughs) because I think I hadn't met many other kind of English people for a really long time and I was like wait I recognise that
0: accent. (laughs)
1: It was great. It was great to be able to kind of talk to you and and, uh, and the other two guests as well, who were great as well. And it was nice. Just kind of reminded, not just in terms of like the language, but also in terms of like just that connection that we all had through being authors, but being at such a good event as well, where we got a chance to to speak to each other about things. I, I was lucky enough to be asking most of the questions. So for me, it was fun. I was just absorbing all the information from you. Um, but tell me now as a as a university student now this is something again for people that don't know not every university student is a gold medalist <laughs> that's the first thing A <laughs> second thing if I'm chilling in class and I'm and I'm studying and i and I look to my left and I got Ellie there with like I can imagine with both gold medals <laughs> 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 have you has anyone kind of stopped you or, or kind of realized like what you've done because I don't so you come across very grounded, and it's not something that you would really mention. But does anyone ever kind of mention that to you at uni?
2: It's quite funny actually, because I joined Queen Mary in my second year of uni. I started with the Open University, which is obviously all online. So it was my first year. I was meeting new people, and I didn't really say anything. I didn't say like, "Hi, I'm Ellie, and I've won Paralympic medals," because that would be a bit of a weird introduction. Um. And really slowly, I would obviously talk about like, oh, when I was an athlete or when I did this, um, just drawing on general life experience or like different, talking about the friends that I've got. And you could see kind of slowly over time, people would be like, hold on, did you do like international sport? And I've had kind of two or three people come up to me and say, why didn't you say anything? Because I obviously like eventually, like you give them your social media and they'll look at it and they're like, and they just say, you've, you've got no idea. You've got absolutely no idea that, yeah, I'm a student. I think it's because I'm such a history nerd as well. It's almost, I, I can say hand on heart that I'm such a geek. Um, <laughs> so people expect me to have spent my whole life kind of immersed with this love of history. And then when they find that actually the first section or chapter of my life was completely dedicated to sport something so different to history it's quite a shock Mm.
1: see i can't picture you with a huge a huge gold chain (laughs) 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 walking around uni where people are like is that gold medalist no that's just a big gold chain
2: (laughs) Honestly, i went through so many phases in my childhood like my music taste is so eclectic
1: what's your it's, music taste yeah. go on you've mentioned it now
2: okay so it's literally anything from so my dad really likes rock music so it'll be like 70s 80s 90s rock um i went through a phase of like i don't know like rap contemporary rap stuff okay. um and then even like foreign language things i'll listen to classical music literally anything musicals and then I don't know, like, Post Malone, it's, and then The Weeknd, and then ABBA. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's okay. just everything.
1: <laughs> you know how I know it was old school when you said rap? <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'm like, oh, my God, she didn't just say rap. That's when you know she's she she knows her music when she says rap. Because now, obviously, people refer to it as hip-hop. So when you say rap, then you know those people that were behind rap were, like, the old school veterans who know music. So <laughs> I'll give you that credit.
2: No I don't know, maybe I'm just old fashioned but like, obviously everybody talks now about, like, grime and drill, and I'm like, what is
1: that? What is it? Oh, all of a sudden you make me feel so much younger, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely, I completely get where you're coming from, and I do understand that, and especially not being um in the uk at the moment obviously i I mean i've got social media so i can see what's happening over there but when you're not around it and immersed by it and then you go back like i'm i'll be going back at the end of the month and and i'll go back and i'll i just kind of observe what's what's being played what's in the stores what's in the grocery store what's in the retail store in on the radio and i think wow they're playing this over here and then i'll kind of start to to dive into the different music channels um how do you how do you um disconnect from all the noise?
2: Ooh. um, I do like a good series to okay. sink, my, sink my teeth into. Um, it depends. If I'm just looking for something to be distracted by, like, immersed in, mm. then I, I do like a historical drama. I think they're really cool. Okay. But if it's, say, the end of exam season, the end of, like, a really big training block when I was an athlete all I'd want to do is just sit and watch something like really stupid like a comedy like the U.S. office or something like that just okay. ridiculous okay. you don't need to think about it <laughs> you just watch it it happens yeah. it's kind of funny I love and- the fact you said
1: the U.S. office <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's- I have a theory, whichever one you watch first, if it's the UK or US, yeah. you like that one and you don't like the other one.
1: Okay, okay. I
2: don't know, <laughs> that's my theory. Scientific theory, tried and tested.
1: Love that, I love that. There's much more scientific theory coming on the Halftime Show right after the break. <laughs> don't go anywhere, folks. I'll see you after this.
0: This is the Halftime Show with Omar and Adouri. Oh, on, on, oh. 95. 95, 95. Oh, he loves the fire what the this is the halftime show with Omar alduri on pulse 95. nice scroll
1: I'm still laughing after that last segment, so it took me three minutes to finish laughing. But hey, listen, we are here on Pulse 95 Radio on the Halftime Show. We're having a good time here with my good friend, Ellie Robertson. Um, Ellie, you've been fantastic on the show. I can't believe it's almost full-time on the Halftime Show. But before I let you go, please do let the audience know um, what are you up to these days? Where can we follow you? What's coming up for Ellie Robertson?
2: Okay. Um, does Ellie Robertson know what's coming up for Ellie Robertson? question. question. <laughs> So, book-wise, my first book, Thief on the Track, has just come out. I think it was a month ago. I'm editing my second book, and I'm also just about to start writing my third book, which will be quite exciting, actually. Um, It's nice, because obviously when you do essays and things, it's quite structured, and you have to answer the question. And I do like going on a good tangent. And fiction allows you to do that. You can literally just go incredibly rogue with it. So yeah, it'll be quite nice actually. Just because it's obviously kids' fiction as well. Yeah. So it's quite light-hearted. It's quite fun. It's innocent, I suppose. Yeah. Although it's no. mysteries, so there's always some sort of crime.
1: Has, has the third book got a name?
2: Um, not yet. The second one does. Uh, the first second one's Deep one. on the Track. The second is Peril on the Pitch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have some sort of like alliteration. Okay. And it's going to have on the in there somewhere, but. We, we need to decide on like everything, the location, the sport, the crime. Like We're starting from square one, so I'm basically asking everybody. When I do a school visit, Yeah. I geez. always get them to make suggestions. Like, oh, I'm writing my third book, what do you want to see? And yeah. everybody just says, football! <laughs> so cute. That's
1: like the mini version of me.
2: <laughs> miss, 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 football, football! <laughs> the second one's football, and I'm like, do you want me to do it again? And they're like, yes more
1: <laughs> sequel bring it out <laughs>
2: yeah, the origin story <laughs> i
1: love it i love it um when are you coming back to Sharjah? that's another i know you just got back but when are you coming back to Sharjah? any plans to come and visit us in the uae anytime soon
2: oh i really want to i know that they do um because obviously they do the children's book festival mm. is there like an adult book festival as well
1: yes yes there is. i will
2: just beg with time in the shoes to my publishers and be like send me out again i want to
1: yes. go <laughs> yes if you do come out you do have to let me know because i would love to catch up with you again you've been a fantastic guest thanks for coming on the show
2: oh thank you so much i really enjoyed
1: it and that is uh, the halftime show on pulse 95 radio in the heart of Sharjah with the brilliant ellie robinson see you guys soon take care <laughs>